True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, among others. They'll do all of that so you can do literally anything else. You have better things to do with your free time than focus on your lawn care. Let True Green take care of all the hard work it takes to get a great lawn while you take care of everything else on your to-do list. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you, let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. High drive, center field, hit the wall, grand slam. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. What are people? What's good? Sunday, March 14th. Spring training is ongoing, about two and a half weeks away from opening day. My co-host, the World Series champion, Will Middlebrooks, joining me as always. What's popping, my dude, Will Middlebrooks? I'm living the dream, Danny. You know, talking baseball. I'm in Florida, not dealing with snow. I had no complaints, man. I, I, I very rarely will have complaints for you on here. We're not going to have complaints later in the show when we got... Pitching Ninja joining us on the show. Hey-ya! You're wearing the Pitching Ninja hat I see. I thought it was a good day to bust this out. I wore it a few weeks back. but How a hitter got his hands on a Pitching Ninja hat is beyond me. But I am, as you see, rocking my White Sox hat because we're talking American League Central. And you know what? I The reason as a hitter I have this is because I help pitchers out so much as a hitter. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, well played. I. I contributed a lot to their careers. Well played. <laughs> Let's talk AL Central. Uh, let's let's get it. right into it because, I mean, the White Sox made a whole lot of moves this last offseason, obviously bringing in Lance Lynn, Adam Eaton, Adam Liam Hendricks to that bullpen. That bullpen's nasty and not a lot of people are giving them credit, but we'll talk a little bit more about the White Sox later. The Royals had a sneaky offseason, adding Carlos Santana yeah. at first base, trading for Andrew Benintendi. And then the Twins – are kind of the twins. They are what they are. Um, they were able to add in Jelton Simmons, but they also lost Trevor May and Sergio Romo to that bullpen. Um, they lost Marwin Gonzalez, Eddie Rosario. Right. Uh, so, easy. So, some mix. Some mix. They lost a lot, actually. You're not loving the twins, huh? I don't not love them. I just don't love them as much. It's really been the twins for the past five, six years, right? Yeah, I mean, their, their lineup's going to – I think their lineup still hits. I think they still score runs. I think they hit homers. They still got a lot of sock, you know, in the, in the lineup. But if they're – I honestly don't know much about their bullpen. I know they're starting pitcher. They have some good arms. Mm-hmm. I mean, Maeda, Barrios – or Barrios, sorry. Barrios is nasty. He's so nasty. I feel like he – I mean, Maeda is too. The way he manipulates the baseball is just as good as just about anybody in the league. Uh, and then Pineda, I don't really know what we're going to get out of him this year. I've seen him in spring. He looks like he's – I mean, I'm not body shaming, but he looks really out of shape. Really? Yeah. Well, as a pitcher, like some guys, they're fine that way. I mean, CC mm-hmm. Sabathia was better when he was fat. He lost all that weight, and he was throwing 87 and got crushed. So, who knows? That probably has nothing to do with it. Um, but they were able they're to be very competitive. I think they're going to be very competitive. Uh, I just – the White Sox are loaded, man. That's who I want to talk about. You wore their hat. You clearly want to talk about them, too. They're loaded. They got Tim Anderson, Makata, Jose Abreu. Ever heard of him? He's won an MVP. Um, I mean, and then that's just their offense. I mean, I'll let you talk about their pitching. I, you're the pitcher here. But they're, they're filth. And with every team, it's like, if healthy. Yeah, I know, but. Everything. I don't know how much depth they have behind their their rotation. I got Kopech coming back. Uh, he's that was a hundred. 
he looked really good in his first outing uh, this past week. Um, at the back end of the of the of their rotation may be an issue, but I, you know when you got Lynn, you got Keiko, you got Chilito, all Dude, three I, of those guys I, finished I, in the yeah, top man. ten of Cy Young voting last year. They're the only team in the American League with three pitchers in top ten Cy, Cy Young voting last year. Yeah. Lance Lynn, Dallas Keiko, Lucas Giolito. And you mentioned the back end of that rotation. Dude, there are no Dylan slots. Cease. Forgot it, about it, him, yeah. You, you could say there's question marks. Like you said, Dylan Sees, he's got a really, really good strikeout stuff. Just hasn't been able to you know, get the control part of his game down quite yet. But if they get one, maybe even better, two of those guys between Kopech, Carlos Rodon they re-signed too. And like he's had injury concerns. I think Kopech's a guy. He is the guy. I think but, he's the guy that will kind of be a wild card for them. I don't think they're going to stick him out there for 200 plus innings, though. I think they're no, kind of, no, not coming off of his surgery and rehab and all that. But right. I mean, I think he is going to be much better than people are expecting. I will say that. Um, just maybe I'm biased because he's from where I'm from, and I've seen what he came from. And he grew up, you know, as a kid. Um, seeing his work ethic and all that, but and everybody loves a radar gun, and he loves to light up the radar gun. He's gonna throw out there and be max effort. So, but on top of that, he's got good stuff. He's got good secondary stuff as well. Um, I don't know. I got him being a wild card if if he's able to. I mean, for putting a number on it, is a hundred innings. I think he can go even more than that. I think it just depends on how they use him. Really, uh, do they want to use him as? A long relief guy. Do they want to use them as a late definitely an option? Uh, I mean, their bullpen is their bullpen stack too. Look, a lot of people forget this too. The White Sox had the best record in the American League with about three weeks remaining in the season last year. Net Eloy Jimenez got injured. They had some injury issues, um, and Luis Robert hit an absolute skid at the plate. Um, yeah. But they were the best team in the American League. They were ahead of schedule with three weeks remaining in the season. I know it was a sixty-game season, but it doesn't matter. They have all these young yeah. studs, and they were the best team in the American League. And then they added Adam Eaton. They added uh, uh, Lance Lynn. They added more pieces to a team that was already the best team in the American League at one point last season. So I just want to ask you, are they going to win the division? Without a doubt, 100%. Mark it down. You got my like, hat. Run away with it, or it's close? What do you think? It'll be competitive. Look, the American League Central is always competitive between the Indians, White Sox, Twins. Like I said, I like the Royals. I, I I'm like talking myself. No, there's like I, the the word that comes to mind is just like scrappy. No, um, they're gonna play hard. They have a lot of play hard guys. Their manager, a lot of guys. He's known for having guys play hard. Um, I think I think Matheny would be a good fit over there too. You have Merrifield, who's always gonna be pretty consistent. Bobby Witt, uh, looking like a freaking stud. In did he really hit that 484 feet? It must have been really windy out in Arizona. He hasn't even played minor league ball yet. Uh, isn't that crazy? Because yeah, I, th- I never even thought about that, dude. Yeah, that's year. wild. That's wild. Um, who else? Cleveland. What do you got in Cleveland? Because I, I, I kind of see a, a down year for. I, they they have some good arms. I get that, but like, Cleveland is kind of what they've been for a decade. Yeah, like below average offense and built on starting pitching and solid bullpen. Yeah, and they got rid of their best player and leader and Francisco Lindor. Like yeah. Jose, Jose Ramirez is an absolute stud. Um, he is, but you need more than him. And uh, Fran Mel Reyes hitting, I think he hits 30 taters this year. Right. Uh, but like, you're going to need more than that. You're going to need, you're going to need a lot more than that, especially in this division with, with that, with that competition. So get this, um, get this. I got a stat for you though. Jose Ramirez since 2016, he has 328 strikeouts. He has 325 extra base hits. So he almost has just as many extra base hits as he does strikeouts. What's Since that 20, like? <laughs> That's pretty impressive. That like, is impressive. And, and that remember, too. was it wasn't last year? Maybe 2019. He was kind of had like a down year. Really struggled, and he still yeah. put up these numbers. It was almost the whole year too. I think he had like a good month at the end of the season and kind of started to figure it out. But he, for the m- most of 2019, he I don't know his final numbers, so I'm not gonna scroll. But I, I do remember him struggling, thinking. What's going on here? But it just happens, man. It's we'll, we'll tap into how good pitchers are with with pitching ninja when he gets on here. But pitching is getting better and better and better in the game. I feel like it's at an all time best right now of velocity, spin rate. Guys are starting to understand their bodies and how to spin the baseball. 
um, how to pitch in tunnels. And by that, I mean, throwing up three different pitches that start middle away and all do three different things like halfway to the plate. That's so hard as a hitter. And you look at all the arms in this division, they're loaded with guys that are just not only light up the radar gun, but move the ball around, manipulate the baseball, miss barrels. There's a lot of good pitching in this division. Sure is. And going back to the White Sox, let me ask you this before we move on a little bit. I want to hear who you have in your division standings. You have the White Sox winning the division. And then who do you have? I'm guessing the Twins, right? I do have the Twins. I think the White Sox win the division by like five games. You got them running away with it pretty much. I do. I do. And and I feel like that's running away with it for this division because I think a lot of people have it super close. But I think they win it by at least five games. A lot of people are saying, like, why are you putting so much disrespect on Minnesota? It's not that we're putting disrespect. It's not disrespect at all. Like Chicago loaded. If you go one through nine through that lineup, pretty much they have seven guys or excuse me, six guys in that Chicago offense that are projected to hit 20 or more homers. Any other the other guys are Andrew Vaughn, who's their top hitting prospect, and Nick Madrigal, right. who's probably going to get 200 hits this season. He's exactly. And strike out like 30 times. Yeah. I mean, they're oh. dangerous. They're I mean, they're dangerous. They're dangerous like the Yankees are offensively. Like like one I, through nine, they can hurt you. And then you combine that with that starting pitching that we talked about. And then that both they're, they're they are maybe one of the most complete teams in the game. My infatuation with the White Sox has nothing to do with the Twins. Nothing to do with right. it. It has everything to do with what's already on that roster. Are they, are they the most complete team in baseball? Or it, it, No, only because they don't have the experience yet. Well, I'm not talking experience. I'm talking about talent at each position. So you got lineup, starting pitching, um, bullpen, and then bench. Which no, bench, the, the, bench the, in the AL, honestly, doesn't really matter. No. Unless there's injuries because there's you know double switches and all that because of the DH. So I don't know much about their bench, honestly, uh, to be honest. So, but between their lineup, their their bullpen and their starting rotation, they're a very complete team. Yeah, I mean they're going to have some depth between Danny Mendick. Uh, they have some outfield uh, depth as well. Um, okay. Jonathan Lucroy um, out in the outfield. They're going to Lucroy's Angle. having a good spring. So, I mean, it's only he's only played four or five games, but Adam Engel's a really nice fourth outfielder too. So okay, good to know. I mean, you're going to need you're going to rely on those guys for weeks at, at a time sometimes because people do get hurt. All right, this is we're back to the one the grind of 162, and there will be months where certain guys don't play. That's just how it how it how it goes. So. To answer your question, they're not the most talented team in baseball, but I can make the case. I don't think they're the most talented. In in American League, I can make that case, absolutely. You think they're more talented than the Yankees? As a whole? I do. Yeah. I think their starting pitch, I think their rotation is better. Yes, they. I know Garrett Cole is the best of – I get it. But you don't know what you're going to get from Kluber. You don't know what you're going to get from Tyone. They have – they. Two high ceiling guys, I get that, but the the floor is pretty low too. Um, and then you really don't know what you're going to get four and five uh, in New York either. I, we, we talked about this on Twitter the other day about the projection or not projection, the ranking of rotations in baseball, and it was maybe the worst list I've ever seen. <laughs> the, the fact that they had the Yankees, what two, three? They, I don't, I don't even know. They had them ahead of the White Sox. Yeah, they had they had the Padres ahead of the Dodgers, which the Dodgers have a better rotation than, than Padres. Padres are great. Don't get me wrong, but it's not. It's not Kuehler, Kershaw, and, yeah. I mean, we're talking about other divisions now. Sorry. You get me rolling. I start talking about just random everything. Sorry. The White Sox bullpen is not going to get credit because they're a bunch of nobodies. You know, universal wide. Whereas nobodies. Okay, I'm still, no, no, no. Well, let, me, let me rephrase. Some that. of them, yes. The Yankees have big name guys, Zach Britton, Raulis Chapman. Um, they have big name dudes in that bullpen. I know they got rid of that, you know, but I, I know Britton got hurt. But they have big name dudes and at the Yankees, so they're more well known. The White Sox, right. Ian Hendricks, Aaron Bummer, Evan Marshall, uh, Garrett Crochet. Oh, yeah, not, gosh, not your superstars. Not your, I get, I get what you're saying. That's a good point. These are really, really good pitchers, but nobody knows about them because one, they play in Chicago on the South Side. And right. two, they're in the American. Well, Liam Hendricks sign was huge. Yeah. He's been the best. Like having a guy to come in and close, man, like that's as a player. So there's no better feeling than when you, like 2013, we had Koji Uhara. 
mm-hmm. not a like typical closer. He stepped in because we had some injuries to some guys, and he stepped in and just and was our closer. But he was so dominant that year. When he was coming in the game, it was almost like, all right. Because normally the last three outs of the game are so hard to get. It, they just feel like they're, they're the hardest outs in baseball. And when you have a good closer that can come in, and you know before they even – they're running in and they're not even to the mound yet to warm up, and you're like, game over. That's such a re- – it relaxes you as a defense, and then you make more plays. Because those outs are still tough to get, but they, mentally they're not as tough when you got a guy come out of the bullpen like a Liam Hendricks. That's it's 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 not just him going out and actually making the pitches and getting the outs. It, it's a mental thing for your team. Yeah, really good story too. The fact that he got paid, I was super happy for him. After yeah, heck yeah, man. Let go by a few different teams, really cool. Um, you got anything on the Tigers? I mean, they were competitive through about thirty games last year. They were actually fighting for that second or. 10th wild card spot because there's that expanded playoff right no they're still um i mean they're doing what they have to do to rebuild i mean that's just it stinks but that's just part of the cycle of the game it's where we're, where they're at right now so i mean they're still two or three years out of being competitive i think you like aj hinge back in baseball i love aj hinge back in baseball he started um, with time you know it's, i saw somebody did, same with cora i mean yeah. they're 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 two great baseball minds did they do something wrong did they cheat they did, and they paid the penalty, and now they're back. A.J. Hinch is going to do great things with that organization. He's been through a rebuild before. Let's not forget. He, he's been a part of a team that rebuilt, and then now Bo Porter was also there in Houston uh, as, a, as a manager, but A.J. came in too and, and uh, was with that group. So he knows what it takes. He knows what it takes. He's very positive. He's a confidence-building manager, and he's good with young guys, which they have a ton of. You know, it's amazing. This is what I'll say about the Tigers. Uh, probably not going to be the most competitive team, but at the same time, Miguel Cabrera, obviously a lot of people are saying he's washed, he's done. Yeah. Maybe the numbers aren't quite what they once were, but he's 37 years old. <laughs> Last year, his exit velocity, 97th percentile. Hard hit percentage, 91st percentile. Um, expected batting average, 86th percentile. Fair percent, 63th percentile. And look, I'm throwing out all these numbers. It essentially means this dude's still hitting the ball extremely hard. He's still and one of the best hitters. Extremely hard for an old guy. He's I'm one saying. of the best pure hitters to ever play the game. Right. And he's still doing it at age 37. Look, he doesn't quite have the power he once was or he once did. But his body, still- man, his body let him down. Like he. He looks good. He, he's gotten. He looks a lot. No, I just mean like over his career, like the past like four years. Like he's just had a ton of injuries. And when you're a big guy like that and you have a. A flat tire it's you're not gonna move well like you're not gonna do anything well hitting regardless of if you can't run like if your foot hurts you still can't hit it's sucks because i mean he'll probably still end up being a hall of famer but um his numbers were yeah right his numbers um should be better than they are unfortunately his contract has handicapped that team financially too right spot on you're right it has but you, you got to pay guys like that. Certainly. Okay. Before we move on to pitching ninja coming up next, you get the Royals because I, I want to talk about the Royals, dude. I like what they did. I you like them Royals, too. You, you get the I'm Royals. a big Andrew Benintendi fan. Same. So I think he, what, 26? Well, I think he busts out and plays well. I think he makes Boston regret that move. Um, and, and Mondesi, I, I, we've talked about this guy before. I think Mondesi is. I think he's going to be a stud. He has the capability and the talent to be a Lindor type player. Mm-hmm. He's going to steal a ton of bags. He's going to a ton of hits. He plays defense. He just hasn't put it all together yet. He's still a baby. He's still young. He's still time. He's How old is he? He's 25, but that's still young. I don't know why I thought he was like 22. That's on me. My bad. 25. Either way, the talent's there. And I think this is a perfect year for him to put together. Like, no one's really worried about the Royals. Nobody's like, there's not a spotlight on the Royals right now because of the Twins, because of the White Sox. And I think he quietly puts it all together this year and can turn into a superstar. I really believe that. Brad Keller looked very good last year, too, for the Royals, by the way. Yeah. So, um, look, the AL Central is going to be interesting. I think the White Sox, we can both agree, are going to be the upper echelon, the yeah. team to beat, uh, not only in the division, but in the American League. Any final thoughts on the division other than the White Sox? Twins are going to be there, but. I mean, it's just going to be super competitive. We have a lot of good divisions in baseball this year. Like, where even the teams that are going to finish fourth, you look at the AL East, 
Like even Boston, I got them finishing fourth, but I think they're super competitive. There's teams kind of like that all over the place that can still beat you. That's just the game of baseball. But there's some really competitive fourth place teams, and that's I feel like that's the the Royals this year. I have the Indians in fourth for mine. Yeah, it's going to be close between KC and Cleveland. Cleveland just doesn't have the offense, but but, but they're going to be competitive as they are. One hundred percent competitive division. It'd be fun to watch. All right, let's move on. Pitching Ninja coming up next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Yeah, the pitching ninja. Yeah, Rob Friedman <laughs> back in the business. What's happening, Rob? Pitching ninja, the social media star, joining us on the Fantasy Baseball Day podcast. What's happening, Rob? Nothing but can I use that as my sound effect? Like when I do like, for my own. Hi, yeah. Yeah, that's really impressive, dude. I was like in the shower this morning, like doing like, should it be like a hi, hi, yeah, or like. I was going to bring that up because you never don't practice your intro. I always practice. I've been my, through this. I, it's like BP before a game. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to go on, just do a show and go. Good point. You're prepared. I like that. That's so one I thing was, about you. I was trying to make the point yesterday. So like, I suck at doing intros. Like I start to do an intro and it takes me like 50 times to do one. I just can't ever get it right. So if you need to practice, that's good. Just be in the grocery store, picking out things. You can be that crazy guy picking out like, yeah, I need yeah. Just be that guy. Yeah, no one, will, no one will go anywhere near you and you'll be first in line and everything. That's fantastic. Great point. Yeah. Let me let me ask you a baseball question and not crazy grocery store questions. We're talking AL Central on this podcast. Obviously, the White Sox made some big time moves in the offseason. Let me ask you this. You're a pitching guy, obviously. What pitchers do you like in the American League Central coming into this season? Dude, I love the the White Sox are like I mean, they're going to be tough. Like they can shorten games like crazy with that bullpen. I like, I don't know how folks are going to score off them. I mean, not only to have starting, I mean, Giolito is like one of my favorite dudes and he's figured it out and he's just a bully on the mound now. Yeah. Uh, but then you can shorten games consistently with that bullpen. I mean, when crochet's coming out of your bullpen, you got Liam Hendricks now. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So as far as shortening the games, that's great in a 60 game season. You know, you look at like the Rays, what they did last year with that three headed monster with uh, those three guys Anderson, Castillo. Uh, what's the other guy's name? Why am I blanking? Fairbanks? Or, yeah, Fairbanks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that How do you blink. forget? Yeah, exactly. You, you weren't yeah. blinking. You were blanking. Um, <laughs> so that's solid during a 60 game season. But then you play 162. At what point does your bullpen get to August or September and go? Uh-oh, I'm out of gas. Well, but it's not like they don't have starting pitching. I mean, right. they've yeah, they've got their share. So they're going to be able to shorten games when they want to. But otherwise, they they have starters, they have length. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be look out. Hey, like, that I team love is them. tough. Yeah. Do, do, they win the, do they win the division? They can absolutely win the division. I know they like, can. Do you think yeah. they will? I I have I think if I were a betting man, which sometimes I am, yes, I think that <laughs> I would pick them. Um, but I mean, you know, the Indians keep minting starters too, right? I mean, they're just like, they can trade away everybody, just boom, 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 and they still bring them up. And yeah. that's that's nuts as well. Yeah, I'm starting to think if I put on an Indians jersey, I'm going to start throwing 95. If they throw me out there on the bump, like it just seems like they groom everyone from McKenzie obviously please sack and it just obviously got rid of clevenger and bauer like it's just come out of everywhere and they're throwing 95 plus all right yeah, these are I, two these are two pitchers talking for for the listeners um the indians can have all the pitching they want if they're going to score two runs a game right i'm not saying they're going to win they it, have no they have no production outside of ramirez and maybe reyes i don't know that's going to be the issue that's like you look at the you i know wins and losses don't matter but look at the over the past couple of years and He's got a one something in front of his ERA, and then he's like seven and fourteen. <laughs> Wins and losses don't matter, but frustrating as as a pitcher that that has to wear on you as a as a starting pitcher. I don't know. Absolutely, but 
it's it's all about pitchers anyway. Like I don't care. There'll be be more gifts against the Indians, then that's fine if they're all okay, and that's cool too. I don't like. I don't care. I'm cool with that. Is, is there a dude that maybe people aren't talking a whole? It doesn't have to be AL Central. Is there a dude that you just love cutting up? Maybe a lot of people aren't talking about. You love his stuff. You love doing your your pitch trails and all your different shift tactics. Is there a certain guy that you have circled that you just love doing? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think as many people give Hicks as much love as they should. Like, they just see he throws hard. Jordan Hicks? He, yeah, I mean. Yeah, but he sinks it, too. Man. Oh, dude, it's ridiculous. It's like, crazy. Like, I mean, I don't I don't understand. Like, everybody's – I had an agent say, well, yeah, Hicks just throws a straight fastball. I'm like – Dude, you're on you're you're on crack. There, that is not like that ball is moving more than anything you've ever seen. It's like a yeah. wiffle ball. And then that slider and occasionally a changeup. He perfect like he's like my dream pitcher to watch. Like I you don't love even watching. need secondary pitches. You just you just need to show one. Just show one. And if you can honestly throw it first pitch, because you let a hit you, as a hitter, you see that when you're thinking, man, this guy throws a million. I gotta get it going. And the first pitch you see is off speed. One time I faced uh, a few times I faced uh, Chapman. This was early in his career when he was like 103 to 105 when he was hitting those numbers a lot. Matt Chapman threw me four. What? (laughs) Matt Chapman. Yeah, Matt Chapman. (laughs) I I believe that kid can hit 100 across the diamond, but Aroldis. Casey Chapman. Aroldis. He threw me four off speed pitches starting at bat. Four. That's not fair. Four and then 104. What do you do with that? I didn't even see it. I heard it. (laughs) Like I, it's not when a guy that throws that hard and they start you with a breaking ball. You're like in the back of your head, especially if it's a strike. You're like, damn it. So I got a question. How well do you pick up breaking balls? Like, like, are you seeing? You looking for the hump? Are you seeing the spin? Because I've talked to so many guys and they say nobody really sees the spin. It depends on on the guy. It's. Not many people throw big breaking balls anymore. Everything's hard once to come out, you know, tunneling and flat and uh, stay fastball, look like a fastball, and, you know, past that decision point where the hitter's got to pull the trigger or his brain says, I got to swing. This is a fastball. It's a strike. Um, now that guys are focusing more on spin and working on spin and using whatever we can talk about substance uh, in a little bit, uh, firm grip, whatever you want to say. Uh, Gorilla Glue, I don't know the recipe. I'm just saying. Um, You don't see a lot of spin. I think there's certain sliders the guys throw. You can see, like, if there's a dot, you can see the dot. Um, But like I said, like, there's not many Kershaw breakers. There's not the big breakers anymore that do have pop, which Kershaw can still strikes with it because you're so worried about fastball and slider in, and then that pops, and it just freezes you because you're just looking in. Yeah, that makes sense. And and now pitchers are doing even more to hide the spin. So I was talking to Bieber, and he'll actually intentionally mirror his four-seam fastball with his knuckle curve by switching the way the logo is wow. and, and also keeping it behind Dude, him. that's well, really deep. I never thought that about ridiculous? that. ridiculous? So I got to – okay, you brought up grip too. Like when – or you didn't bring it up, but you made me think about it. So I, I was talking to Stroman – and he said he likes to he can throw his fastball and his sinker with the same grip. Do you think that is for tipping purposes or so you don't move your hand or your arm? Because that's something I would always watch. And I would kind of be that guy on my team uh, that would help pick out tips because you can almost find something on almost everybody. Not as much now because there's so much video uh, early in my career when video and technology wasn't as big of a deal. You could pick up tips a lot on guys. Um, and this, there's a two-piece two piece question. On the backside of that, if you see you see a lot of video and you see a lot of guys all the time, you see their, you know their mechanics. If you see something and you've talked to guys, would you reach out and be like, hey, I think you're tipping? All right, so true story. I did that with Fulty on the Braves. Um, and I picked up the fact that he stuttered his arm on, I think it was his fastball, he stuttered his arm and he was smooth on his slider. And it was every time. Like I could, I could just look at his mechanics and say, um, what's going on here, Fulty? Like he and I and I showed it to my son, and you know we were just analyzing him. He's like, "You're right, but don't tweet it because everybody will know that." I'm like, "No, I want to tweet it so that somebody finds this out right. and that they fix it with him." 
And what ended up happening is the Braves didn't know. And I ended up talking to one of their coaches who found it because I tweeted it and then went to tell Fulty about it. Like it was so obvious to me watching games. It, it could have been a thing. You said he stuttered his arm. Is that like yeah. in his back? It, yes, it was like it was okay, like so a, a lot double. of those people watch video from the front because that's what the hitter will see. The hitter may not see that. That's the, the thing too. But from TV, you can definitely pick up a lot more than you can from the plate or behind the catcher. Yeah, exactly. And then, then I wasn't a hundred percent sure him, but it was early enough that I would imagine a hitter could see it, and no one was going to tell him. I mean, like, that why would explain would... some. That would explain a few things for sure. Why he was so nasty, and then all of a sudden he's getting hit too. Yeah, and, and some him. yeah, and some of these guys like I think what's underrated. Like I always love showing grips and love showing all your know, spin rate, all that stuff. A lot of it is mental game. You know that. Like it's all like these guys are feeling invincible, and then they don't feel invincible, and now they don't have conviction behind their pitches. They start worrying about stuff. So I I try to stress that, and when I talk to pitchers, I ask a lot about that because I think it's almost like a taboo thing that nobody likes to talk about. His just be tough, go out there and and. Uh, and it's like Giolito, I just interviewed him. He's like, I am always nervous. <laughs> every game, I am nervous. And, uh, you know, and you have a, a star pitcher. He's nervous every time he's out there. Right. Some guys look forward to that. Some guys are like, you know what? This is what, okay, I, it like makes you feel human. Like, <laughs> or like, it's okay to fear failure. Like, that's the biggest thing is so many guys are scared to fail. And, and it just, it'll paralyze you. I'll never forget playing in my first postseason, playing a World Series. You're in the game, and I'm like, oh, man, this is not the place to mess up. <laughs> you know, you feel it. It's heavy, and you're and all of a sudden you forget how to do things. So one question I have, like, is that more on the fielding side than the hitting side? Because you have more time to think as a fielder, right, Definitely. generally. Yeah. Definitely. You don't yeah. see people with the yips hitting as much. as I mean, slumps, obviously. But yeah, I think offensively in big games like that, you can tend to go up there and go through the motions and get back to the dugout and go, what just happened? Like, I had no plan. I had no approach. That's why postseason experience matters. That's why Big Poppy and, and those guys, uh, Charlie Morton, th these guys are, are studs in the playoffs because they've been there. They've been through it. They've been through those feelings, and they overcame them and went, oh, you know, it's just baseball. It's just, you know, once you get past that, that it is just another game, and you have to go about your business the same way, yeah, because you, I, I remember, I mean, World Series at bats, going up there and just hacking. Because you're, you're, you're number one, adrenaline is through the roof, and then secondly, the nerves and the fear set in a little bit, where you're like, and you don't, you're not focused on your plan or your approach. Are you tell me um, you're not thinking about launch angle in Game Five of the World Series. <laughs> Weird. I, I was not. No. Yeah. 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 No. You that wasn't my my first thought. There's, there's a really good point. And I think sometimes we get so lost in analytics and everything like by the book that we forget that the game's played by people who get nervous or, or amped up or whatever. And that matters. Like it matters. And coaching matters to bring out the best and team chemistry matters to make you comfortable playing and stuff. But if we look, if you think of it just as a math problem, I think you miss out on like a lot of the stuff that everybody knows in business, everybody knows in other things. Why does that not happen? in a baseball on a baseball team it's so true like some some of the most um important games played in baseball are on the eight inch field between your ears <laughs> it's right there dude like there's so many things you can visualize and get into and think about and uh, like it, you can run it through your head beforehand and then when it happens or you're going through it it's the whole thing with we can get to the mental side of baseball all day, but just the visualization and all that that they teach, that's real. That stuff really works um, as far as, especially in big moments and all that. Sorry, Danny, I'm just blabbering and taking over. And you're, I'm not sure if you're frozen or if you're still with us. Whoa. Hey, can I join this podcast? Can I yes, join I'm sorry. I, I do. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I apologize. I do have something to say on the yips, though, because going back to your guys' story about Fulty with the praise, the thing about tipping pitches is it can – snowball so if you think you're tipping your fastball you might change your glove uh position you might change your hand position and then that all of a sudden changes where your shoulder is going too so all of a sudden now your mechanics are changing i had that issue when i was at my first college before i transferred so i want to ask you how nervous were you sending that out because i'm sure you want to fix it for him but the fact that you feel comfortable enough speaking to these guys i mean you were i just kept caught that piece in the new york times about your story which was awesome by the way if you guys haven't re uh, read it yet 
go check it out in the New York Times about Ninja. You are comfortable enough speaking to these guys and they respect you enough. You were a lawyer, what, a decade, a couple decades ago or whatever it was. And now you're speaking to Major League and you're making a difference, which I find absolutely remarkable. It's, it is amazing to me. I was asking, I was talking to my wife last night going like, I never expected any of this to happen. Like I'm just a dude with a computer who loves baseball and likes to grow the sport. Like that is my goal in life is to have everybody. I think it's important. I think, I think sports are important. I think baseball is important to learn life lessons. And I think there are ways to fix the game. I think the game has gotten too much of a rich kid sport in the U.S. I firmly yes. believe that these $500 gloves and $400 bats are pricing everybody out. And then kids are like, I don't want to ask my parents to buy, buy myself this. I'm going to go play basketball or I'm going to go play football. I mean, they're just going to do that. That's no, true. That's true. And, and like I grew up, I never played travel ball. I played American wow. Legion. And that was yeah, travel ball was it. was still a, like I graduated high school in 2007. So travel ball was there. I got offered to go play, but my parents, mom's an art teacher, my dad's a high school coach. We're not paying all this dishing out this money for me to go play baseball when I can just play at home for whatever hundred bucks it is, you know, to to play. So it's you're spot on with that and we've talked about this on the show a lot too, is the marketing issue with baseball compared to other sports and how we think it is trending in the right direction with the youth in the game, the prime of in the game, getting younger, bat flips, celebrating. Um, it's all good for the game. And, and it's once people can get past the baseball purist, which I, I consider myself a baseball purist. I love the pure form of baseball. I do, but I'm also not an idiot and realize what the game needs to grow. Yeah, but I, I also don't think it's some of these rules changes that we're doing. I mean, I think we're so focused on changing the asset. It's not the game itself. It's the way it's been marketed and other things are more exciting. Like people, what, what they watch people play video games now. Like, I mean, right. so yeah, we've got to do better out market, get the personalities out there. Cause there's some great personalities in the sport that nobody knows. Very true. Can I, can I ask you this then, because there was a battle between not only you, there were different content creators in Major League Baseball a couple of years ago to the point where your Twitter literally got shut down. Did it come to a point where they were like, you know what, do your thing? Or was it more of like an agreement like, okay, you're allowed to do this, but you're not allowed to do this? It w They actually were great about it, which kudos to MLB on that. Um, they should. You're doing their job for them. <laughs> well, right. I mean, but I think they got it too. They were like, this is organic. We love it. We just want to make sure that it's on the up and up and that, you know, we, we can, we, they still have, I get it. I'm a lawyer. Um, there's trademark issues. There's copyright issues. There's a whole bunch of stuff that, that they have to be careful about. And I think they erred way far on the side of that versus getting fan involvement and getting people like nobody's going to watch my account instead of watching a game for the team that they're rooting for. But they might watch more games if they say, oh, my God, Devin Williams is coming in with the airbender. And all Bingo. of a sudden, like, I got to watch much must see TV like that. That's how you grow the game. It's not controlling your content so no one sees it. And frankly, nobody else is doing what you're doing. If they were like, look, we're going to shut you down because we are actually planning on doing the same type of thing. We want to help grow the game that way. But if you weren't, if you weren't doing it, nobody else would be doing it. And the game would suffer because of that. Yet they were putting the handcuffs on you for a while. So that's, look, that's a microcosm of major league baseball marketing in a nutshell, really. But that's been an issue among baseball for a long time. Yeah. And I, I agree. And I think also when you try to do it as a corporation, it never comes across organic. Like you can't just grow it and go, wow, we're the cool account. We're MLB. I mean, it's just not what's going to happen. Right. So you need individuals to bring different perspectives, different personalities, different stupid jokes or whatever you do, different terms like, you know, sword or whatever. Like MLB isn't going to come. If they do, it's, it's, it's fake. So they get it. I think you need to have all of us, like all of us, each one of us in, in the entire uh, Twitter sphere, Twitter sphere, uh, YouTube, whatever it is, podcasts like this, it's on all of us to grow the game because we love it. Like we all love it. We're talking about it on our, you know, just for the heck of it. And, and that's, what's going to, you know, people that are excited, like we are about it is going to grow the sport. For sure. Have you been able to recover from your semifinals loss in the bracket to Bauer this year? Bauer cheated. F that. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, what is that? He pandered to every fan base 
and then had his had his his minions create like these memes and stuff. Minions. I mean, I did it all myself. Like I never had anybody in my whole life tweet from my account. It's just not what I do. I never had anybody. They don't make up my content. I do it myself. Trevor, you owe me. Like I want it back. That was not. <laughs> we had, we had Phil Hughes handing out gift cards for votes at one point. <laughs> I saw that. Gosh, unbelievable dude it's my least favorite time of year though because i'm competitive in a weird way like i don't want to lose and and he was he actually uh dm me like in the middle of the night or something he's like you don't go away like you keep coming back at me like i don't know like we were really you know it's fun like he's a he, he is a good dude when it comes down to it and he is a he's a competitor too so he didn't want to lose and he was pulling out all the stops and it was a lot of fun. Like when I, the tricky Trev nickname, like he loved it. He told me afterwards, he's like, don't ever stop calling me that. Cause that's fantastic. That's great. That's, that's good. Great. So, so I have, sorry, sorry. Well, let me get one more in because yeah, you, please. you had the floor for like 10 minutes and I haven't made that. <laughs> My bad. Um, what are you doing with momentum and Trevor now? So I am doing a lot of, uh, so you see the interviews I'm putting out. So I'm, I've interviewed a ton of folks. I'm just going to put out the, uh, you Darvish interview today at least part of it pitch grips like i'm amazed like these guys i mean i've talked to shane bieber tyler glass now stroman was stroman's fantastic obviously i mean he's another guy who builds something around the dude and grow the game like he has so much energy um lance mccullers had uh and then college guys too so i college baseball so much fun i'm trying to bring light to that so having momentum help me with that like editing i am not the greatest editor i can do the short snippets i'm not a great long form editor um, and then coming up with like a like a pitching ninja show that once a week i'll show highlights and talk it through and do like sort of a week and best pitches and mini interviews so we have a whole thing uh planned out it's gonna be really really cool and we had this game show which we need to get kicked off but i'm also going to try to find the best unsigned arm in america uh, and, and it, I am sure that dude is going to throw smoke and be filthy. Like there are so many guys that are not so with many. teams. Yeah. So I want to do that and like have a bracket kind of like you, Mr. Bracket and, uh, template, man, I'll send it over to you. Yeah. Awesome. Bring it on. Uh, and then we're going to vote and, and do the behind the scenes story. Like why didn't this guy get picked up? Um, you know, let's more information about that. So there's so much I want to do. My brain is like constantly thinking of that. And the issue is there's only one of me. And if I can offload some of that stuff, the editing and maybe pulling it together in organization stuff, um, then all I got to do is show my pretty face. And, you know, I can do that, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know that. Come on. So this is, I should have asked this a long time ago, but I was thinking there's no one, and I don't even know if it's possible do you think there'll ever be a hitting version of what you do? Because there's you don't really do overlays of hitters, but there's so hitting Twitter, baseball Twitter is brutal. It's terrible. It's the <laughs> Every, worst. Like all the hitting gurus and like I I I'm not bashing hitting gurus because they love the game and they're doing their best version of growing the game, which and helping kids and this and that, but some like, of them love the game. Some of them love themselves. Some of them love money. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, well, everyone loves money. Let's be honest, but <laughs> some of them love money bef- more than the game. But um, I just feel like there needs to be something with hitting. I, I just, somebody does catchers. I don't remember who it is. Somebody does catchers. There's, there's someone called the catching guy. That could be. A, yeah. So there are a lot of guys that do like mechanics and teaching and you're right. Like, and there are some guys that'll do uh, gifts. The inter- the thing is pitchers are in control of the game. It's a lot easier to do. Or it's a lot more interesting to do it. Like, and I think right. I, I've talked to pitchers and they were like, hitters get all the top tens and every, you know, they're always on highlights. They drop a ball, you know, whatever you do, you're on, a, you're, you're making highlights or someone makes a great play. You never see that, that, you know, the, the, Two one pitch, you get a two two that is just absolutely off the charts filthy. Nobody that's never making a. a, a top What's harder pitch. to do? Throw a nasty changeup or hit a homer? Nasty changeup. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> I mean, hitting a hitting you a homer hit off a nasty, nasty changeup. Change yeah, hey, Rob's my. But anybody can lock into a home run, dude. Like anybody. That was can just lock for into, conversation. That was yeah, anybody can lock into a home run. Yeah, I did it forty three times. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> I mean, and all right, so part of the thing that I do, I think, and unintentionally, but now intentionally, is I think looking at what I do shows how hard it is to hit this stuff. 
So people don't yell at you and say, what the hell were you swinging at? Like, what did you do? Now they're like, I see what he was doing. Like, that's amazing that anybody's able to overlay does such a good job of showing what we talked about earlier, the decision point. We are like, at this point, the ball is halfway there and you have to decide to swing because it's 99, but it might break the opposite direction. Yeah. Tough man. Oh, oh. And he has two more pitches other than the two you're looking at right now. (laughs) Like, it's nuts, man. I'm, I, I don't know how guys do it. There was an interview with there was an interview with Chris Bryan about one of my overlays and he, and it was just like is this what it feels like and is this why you swung at that pitch it's like hell yeah it is what it feels like this is t- I mean that's why there's so much emphasis on video study uh, scouting reports because guys have tendencies and that's the one thing that can help you against a guy that throws a hundred and has a nasty changeup but he likes to throw the changeup this percentage of time in a two one counter. He will throw it and, you know, loves to throw it three, two or whatever that it can help you be a better guess hitter, I guess, because at at a certain, at a certain point when the VLO gets to a certain uh, point, you have to kind of guess, honestly. Yeah. And, and, and that is what every pitcher knows it. Um, Especially with higher spin rates. What I, all I hear is that the ball is basically a blur and you can't really pick up much of anything at high spin rates, slower ones, maybe. And you're, you're right. the, The slow breakers. Sure. But other than that, it's and if you can hide the dot and stuff, it's it's really tough. I'm sorry, yes. hitters. Well, that's another guys want to say, hey, well, why why are batting averages so low? All guys are just trying to hit homers. No, pitchers are at an all time best. You think they should move the mound back? Who? Both of you guys. I'm asking both. I want the pitching. Oh uh, no, I don't think so. Come on, that's uh, just giving up. Like yeah, like, I agree. Yeah, I mean, just go out there and adjust and make yourself better. Like, let's not handicap pitchers. I mean, should we? The thing is, is pitchers can throw off? harder. The decision making time between the the rubber and home plate will never change. So that's the only thing about like getting better is like your brain. I I don't know how fast you can make that decision. So that's the, others- the only reason I would lean just a little bit. I don't want to change. I don't want to change the the link between the rubber and the plate. I think that's a little much, but. For that argument, pitchers can get stronger, throw harder, all that. Your decision making is only going to be, I feel like that tops out. Like you only have so much time and the human brain only works so fast. Especially yours. Oh, wow. 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 See what wow. happens? You monopolize the conversation. And he just <laughs> body slams you. Just ruined this entire interview. <laughs> We could literally talk to Ninja all day, but I know we got screen training games coming up and you got a job to do. So yeah, let me let me ask you, how inept are you with analytics and the statistic, the actual analytical statistics from the past couple of years? Are you pretty knowledgeable there? I thought you said it did you say inept or adept? Uh <laughs> you tell me. You tell me. I am I am both. Uh I, I don't yeah, I am. I am adequate. It's not where I focus on because I think people's brain, like I know, a, I know a decent amount of it, but I don't focus on it because I think people's brains shut off when you talk math a lot of times. Well, let's see if your brain shuts off. Oh I have a no! Game. Here we go. We're gonna go. We're gonna go name this arm. Okay, we're, there's only four of them, and then we'll let you go. Number one, who had the highest fastball spin rate last year? Bauer, Trevor Bauer. Ding, ding, ding. Number two. Who had the the highest average fastball velocity as a starter? I'm going uh, to go. To go. Ding, ding, ding. Two for two. Okay. Highest average fastball velocity from a reliever. Crochet? It probably would have been, but I don't know if he, he didn't have enough pitches, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But let, let me give you a hint. Uh, Stalmont. I'm sorry. What was it? Not Josh Stalmont. It was not uh, another young stud, but this guy's a righty and he just won the World Series. Oh, is Gratterall? Uh, Gratterall. Yeah. All right, two more. Highest. I, my average. guesses were pretty good, though. I'll give myself yeah. credit for. That's it. Pretty, yeah, it, we're making you look good here. I mean, yeah, look, thank you. I appreciate. It. Now ask me a really easy question, like what's my middle name? These are getting harder, though. Okay, highest average perceived velocity. Oh, geez. So that's gonna be. Glasna? You already said him. It's kind of a trick question. Uh, crochet? DeGrom. No, DeGrom. Oh, okay. Yeah, DeGrom's, DeGrom's extension is really far. So is Glasnow's as well. And I think Crochet's is too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, 
Yeah. So, I have one more for you. Oh, I hate the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> Highest average horizontal release point from a starter. And we're getting real, <laughs> like really divin in here. From a starter. West Coast guy. Um, he's not super well-known by everyone. Nasty lefty on the West Coast. Small market team. Who do you got? Who is it? Oakland A's, Sean Manaya. Manaya, yeah. Huh. Um, so interestingly, they also have Deekman there who has a really uh, – Yes. Yeah. I mean, like that's crazy. He's throwing basically. Yeah. He's he's just way over and stands way to the extreme yeah. part of the of the rubber. So yeah. That's where I thought you were going with was You're was pretty deep. good. I mean, you got three out of five. Those are tough questions. Those aren't tough. Yeah. Yeah. Zero. By the way. Oh, uh, that's wrong. I got Gratterall. See, and I wouldn't like Gratterall. I did. I should have gotten Gratterall. Like I was. You gave me I a hint, though. You did give me a hint on Gratterall. He <laughs> five Orioles last week. He had a minute to name five Orioles, and he couldn't do it. I named I named four and then I blanked and threw in like JJ Hardy and Adam Jones <laughs> and uh, Brooks Robinson. <laughs> Brooksy, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, Rob, we can't thank you enough. Hey, if you guys haven't checked out one his Twitter profile, then you're living in a basement. Two, if you haven't checked out his Flat Ground app, go do it because he's literally jump started careers by himself, which is incredible. So, Rob Friedman, the pitching ninja, joining us. Thank you so much, Rob. Can I get one more? Ah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, the pitching ninja. Yeah. What about breakout players for the American League Central? Um, this is mine. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Casey Mines for the Detroit Tigers, one of their top prospects, if not the top prospect in the Detroit Tigers system. Out of Auburn, got nasty stuff. He's got. I'm, I'm a sucker for splitter pitchers, and we were talking about Koji early on the show. I'm a sucker for splitter pitchers. It can be inconsistent at times. It's hard to control. I've talked about that on the show before. But I'm an absolute sucker for nasty splitters. Casey Mize. Hard to hit. I'll tell you that much. Really hard to hit. Hard to control at times, too, though. Casey Mize, I'm not saying Casey's Mize is going to lead the Detroit Tigers to the promised land quite yet. But the kid's got really, really good stuff. He's my breakout player. He definitely takes a step forward, for sure. I agree. And mine is uh, Byron Buxton. He's, <laughs> I'll say healthy. He chipped his tooth eating a steak. Uh, I guess someone, no one told him you, you're not supposed to bite the bone. Uh, but he did, I guess. I don't know how else, like how else you chip a tooth eating a steak. Who's cooking it, a steak? Like, like, is it well done? Like, I hate to get on the person, like his cook or his chef or whoever made the steak, but like, let's be better in your steak making. He probably, I th I'm going to say he did it himself. You think he has, a, you think he has a chef? He should. If, if, he, if he doesn't, he should get one now after breaking a yeah. tooth. Well, he's going to be eating to a straw for a little bit, but <laughs> he, um, look to be serious, JBJ and Byron Buxton are the two best defensive center fielders in my eyes. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Like if it goes up in the out, if you hit it, the gap to gap, those two guys are going to go get it. Uh, Byron Buxton, we've started to see him begin to put it all together over the past couple of years. Um, I think it finally all comes together this year because he has superstar capability. He's got the speed and power combo, like a Mookie Betts speed and combo, uh, speed and power combination that doesn't grow on trees. It's normally one or the other. He has both. He has the defensive side. He has a gold glove capability. He also has silver slugger capability in center field. It's just if he's healthy. And I think he will be this year if he just uh, maybe goes vegan. <laughs> like cut down like no bones no meat this week <laughs> just uh maybe pescatarian yeah. well so just well there's there's small bones and fish but he should be safe there yeah maybe. byron buxton that's my guy i like it we're gonna be with you guys next week we're gonna be talking about the national link central next week like i said two and a half weeks away from opening day we'll be one week closer when we see you again next week adios party people